Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Last week, while writing about the taboo that prevents millions of clinically depressed office workers from discussing their condition around the water cooler, I inadvertently broke another taboo. I used the word balls in a description of a routine test that doctors perform on males. Various readers wrote in to complain that the term was inappropriate in a column about office life. I was touched that they could be bothered to react to such a minor act of vulgarity, given the major acts of vulgarity that are performed all the time in offices everywhere. But the complaint also made me hanker for a rule book, a definitive guide to what is and is not appropriate in offices. As there's nothing of the sort on the internet, I've had to write my own and go out hunting for office taboos. At first I looked in the obvious places, but came back almost empty-handed, as most of the old taboos are on the way out. For a start, swearing and other dodgy language is acceptable in most offices, so long as it's between consenting peers and so long as one or two of the bluest words are avoided. It's still not a good idea to swear directly at anyone, especially if that person is one's boss. Sex remains somewhat inappropriate, in particular engaging in the act on office premises. However, flirting, which for the past 15 years was taboo, as men feared that even if they smiled at a woman, they would be done for sexual harassment, is making a comeback. Men are becoming willing once again to comment on the appearance of a female colleague. This is a change for the better, or would be if men knew how to do it properly. Only last week a male colleague asked in an incredulous tone, ''Have you done something to your hair?'' I replied frostily, ''What I think you're trying to say is, your hair looks terrific.'' Discussion of sex is perfectly okay in open-plan offices. One frequently catches glimpses of dirty linens strewn across cubicles as workers have noisy conversations with their divorce lawyers or discuss details of their latest disastrous dates. Strong emotion, which was once regarded as infradig, is now seen as a good thing. Crying can be safely done, by women at least, without causing undue damage to one's career. Anger, too, is coming back in. A recent report suggested that it could be cathartic in certain situations. When it comes to office dress, there's no outfit too skimpy or too scruffy. The other day, a woman in my office strutted along the corridor wearing a backless dress that was borderline appropriate for the beach. Even falling asleep at work isn't really frowned on, so long as you don't do it when your boss is talking to you. Some officers have even gone to the trouble of providing sleeping rooms for staff who need 40 winks. The only thing that I can think of, apart from discussing one's depression, that remains below the belt is to talk about pay. It is still, thank goodness, considered more than a bit off to ask anyone how much they get paid. However, this lifting of obvious taboos does not mean that anything goes. In fact, anything does not go at all. 
There are modern offers taboos, but they are more subtle and easy to break if one is not eternally vigilant. For example, by far the biggest workplace taboo is the truth, or at least any truth that punctures the self-importance of work. A friend tells me that she was recently on a global conference call and each person in turn introduced themselves and said where they were. One person said she was in a meeting room in London. Another said he was on a corporate jet. My friend said she was sitting in the kitchen at home in her pyjamas having a piece of toast. There was a brief silence, followed by embarrassed laughter. Equally, there is a taboo over ambition. One must never own up to having either too much or too little. You can't say to your boss, I'm just sitting it out until retirement. Neither can you say, I want your job. Indeed, when speaking to one's boss, almost everything is taboo. It's very risky to make a joke. It's risky to be chummy. Honest feedback is always a bad plan. So is irony. It is deeply taboo to criticise your own company. For example, if you work for a strategy consulting firm, you can never say, we're just the same as the other strategy consulting firms. While any old fool outside the firm knows this is true, the geniuses inside cannot afford to admit it, or their world would come toppling down. There is, however, one thing at work that ought to be taboo but is not, doing bad, sloppy work. This continues to be perfectly acceptable, even in the most competitive company on earth. At Goldman Sachs, where analysts have to jump through a hundred hoops to get a job, there is no taboo in sending drivel to clients. Their latest Energy Watch publication says, Despite the positive demand surprises, supply has also significantly surprised to the upside, with most of the surprise coming out of the FSU, where supply not only surprised us by 650,000 barrels a day, but even the IEA by nearly 500,000 barrels a day. To use the word surprise four times in one unwieldy sentence, in which you admit to having failed to forecast either demand or supply, is quite something. Surprisingly bad, in fact.